This episode of the New You Show is brought to you by We Defy the Norm. We Defy the Norm is much more than an apparel company. It's a way of life where you're encouraged to defy conformity and invest in yourself. Visit wedefythenorm.com for more. And now, here's the New You Show. Hey everyone, thanks for coming out to another episode of the New You Show. I'm your host, Chuck, and today we have the opportunity to sit down with Mr. Johnny Rushai. Johnny is a prior service United States Marine and also the current owner-operator of Johnny Slicks. However, Johnny is much more than that. We wanted to sit down with Johnny to give you guys a glimpse into who the real Johnny is and discuss various other topics that I myself learned quite a bit from. So if you guys are ready, let's dive in. Uh, Johnny, man, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for uh, agreeing to come on, man, and share your story, speak your truth. You know, uh, yeah, you really had to, to the my arm, man. You really did. I love being involved, and I love being on the show, man. I, I'm really thankful that you invited me. So, thank you again. Well, that, that means a lot. Not, not just because... Oh, you hear that? It's my gratitude alarm. You know what I'm most grateful for today? I realized since you're doing a gratitude alarm, I realized last night... I was laying in bed and I was like, you know what's really, really rad? I get to turn my shower on and it's hot water and there's electricity. And I never really take the time to appreciate that. So your gratitude alarm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm grateful for electricity, man. I'm grateful for that we have that here. I have that here. So. That would be a sign of gratitude for something external. What is Johnny Roushey grateful for within himself? Within me? Oh, my, I would say actually that's, that's, that's a great question. I'm grateful for my, my, I have a strength to never be okay with who I am now. I always want to be better. Granted, like you only, you only have right now, but I always want to strive for change and something better and, and to better my environment and me. And right now I'm working on, um, going, going back to grateful, being gratitude. Um, I'm grateful that I can actually look inward and find weak points that I can strengthen. Um, years ago, I never had that skill set. I was never, I always walked around with a big puff chest and I was like, I'm flawed? Nah, not me. You know, I'm Johnny. I ain't flawed. Now I'm grateful for that humbleness that I have, um, that I acquired over experience, but, um, I can actually look at weak points and realize, oh, I'm not good at, um, this. I'm not good at that. What can I do to strengthen it and look at people around me and ask them, Hey, this is a weak point of mine. What can I do to better it? Um, so one of my, one of the things I'm grateful for is that, that vision I have of inside finding the weak parts and working on them. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, it, you know, and, and self reflection is a huge part of being able to become the best version of yourself in, in my opinion. That's almost you know, taboo in our culture, in our society, man. Self-reflection and knowing who you are. That's right. like, it, admitting it. Yeah, it's like you don't do that. That's like, no, that's, no. yeah, no, you're, you're, if you talk to yourself and you look inward, you're crazy, man. But there's I'm so sorry. much strength in that. And I love it. Well, and, and you know, in the opening, 
I had mentioned, you know, your owner of Johnny Slicks, your uh, Prime Marine as well. Those are very cool titles, if you will. But one of the big reasons why I like finding people that are able to speak their truth, that feel comfortable enough telling their story and speaking their truth, but mainly from social media is because so many people often see you, the person you, as maybe your business or your title that you held in the past. And all too often, people don't realize who that real person is and they don't know that person's story. So if you would like to, you know, share a little bit of who Johnny Roushey is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, I do have those those titles and uh, you know a lot of work and a lot of energy went into acquiring those accolades and those titles. But um, at the end of the day, they are titles that you, you can... They're easily stripped away, you can say almost. Um, anything really is. And what, what lies underneath is, like you said, me as a human being, as a person, um, I go in, I, I put in my Johnny Slicks shirt and I go to the lab or I go to fulfillment or I go to a meeting as Johnny Slicks, but Johnny, Johnny Rushye underneath is a human being. And, um, yeah, I think it is interesting that, uh, people forget that or they act as if it's like they're very two separate entities, not one that makes one unique individual. Um, and they only see that one side of the title. You know what I mean? Like business owner, entrepreneur, um, track star, you only see that, but not the person who lays their head down at night. Um, so my story, um, Quickly, uh, my childhood, I'm a middle child. I have two brothers. Um, mom and dad, I was born in New Jersey, central New Jersey. We had a farm. And uh, I was raised there as a troublesome kid. I was the middle child, so I was always craving attention. Everywhere I went, I was always up to no good. And I was rambunctious. My mom always said I was... If I didn't come home like with a cut, a wound, or late for supper, then like, there's something wrong if I'm home on time kind of thing. I was born and raised pretty much in the woods. Um, like not, not like salvaging with like sticks and pine cones, but like exploring. You know, I always was like interested in, in knowing like why why do streams go this way? Why do trees go grow up towards sunlight? I was always interested in those things. Um, so I spent a lot of my childhood trying to answer them without you know any experience. I just walked in, walked up to a tree, and I was like, "Hey, man, why do you grow this way?" You know, um, very naive, but um, there's so much beauty in that too. And um, around the time I was 15, 16 years old, um, my parents uh, up and moved us to Pennsylvania, the Poconos area, right next to Delaware Water Gap. And that's where I met my lovely wife, Rebecca, in high school. We met at six, 16, like just 16, 17. Um, we ended up getting married right when I joined the Marine Corps, which you can, you know, you'd imagine I got made fun of a lot because I went home of on boot and got married. <laughs> but... Um, it was, it was planned beforehand and, uh, and it, I, it really was an awesome, awesome experience to be able to do that so young and we got to grow together. But, um, yeah, my, my main purpose now, what my, uh, what I'm doing right now is trying to help others achieve their passions as well. Now, uh, you know, but a lot of people don't know my passion, right? Um, with Johnny Slicks is crafting grooming products, crafting organic grooming products. Um, I'm really good at it too. Like, like humbly, of course, but um, I'm quite, it's quite a, a skill set of mine. And I really do enjoy uh, helping others in whatever I do. Um, and right now I'm trying to help people find their passions. 
uh, with the team at Johnny Slicks, you know, um, helping, helping the team. And, um, I'm trying to think of what else I can knock off out of the who I am. Do you feel that any of your past has helped or hindered you in becoming the best version of yourself? Yeah, I think my biggest motivator is like going back in my childhood. I was like a rambunctious, rambunctious kid. Like I was terrible to my parents. I was terrible to my family. I was very selfish. I was like, I was doing things for attention and really just because I could. I was just a troublesome kid. Um, when I look back on that now, rather than feeling regret and talking about past, especially how you talk about your past, talking about moving past that and forgiving yourself, forgiving your past self and letting that go. Um, I reflect back on how I was when I was a, when I was a kid and how I acted towards people. Um, and I, and the reason I reflect on that as a child, you know, back on that day is because I see grown ass people doing the same thing that I was doing when I was a kid, but they're doing it as adults. So, um, the self reflection of that really kind of sits me back and I say, are there any parts of me when I was younger as a child that I don't, that I, still carry with me now that I could change? Um, am I selfish? Do I have the skill set to be able to look at others' perspective and understand that empathetic connection? Um, I didn't have that as a kid. I have that now. So are there any things that I did back then that I want to change now? And every once in a while, one thing will pop up where I'm like, wow, that is a very selfish thought that I had. Or, or um, I don't know why I thought that way. It's you know the selfish action. Um, I reflect on that a lot. And that builds me and motivates me to be better now and today. Um, and it always grows, you know, that you can fix one thing with yourself. And then a year later, you find out that when you fixed it, it really wasn't fixed. It's time to get fixing again. Um, so it's always a work, always working on yourself. And, and my childhood, and my past, and who I was as a person really almost feels like a different person now because I've changed so much of how my mindset was then to now. And sometimes with that, and I'll use the metaphor of you're walking through a field and, and, and you see just a piece of plywood or something, you're just laying on the ground and you never really deal with it, but you know, you got to clean up, clean up the property and everything like that. And finally, you just look at it and you're like, you know what, that, that is something that's on my list is something that I got to, you know, clean up and everything. And next thing you know, you lift up that piece of plywood and there's a huge hole that you've got to fill. So as you go through and you are learning things and, you know, fixing them, hopefully truly fixing them, not just placing band-aids on them with, you know, certain, um, quote unquote remedies. Um, you know, and I did that for a long time with alcohol that, that would, that was my big thing was covering it up. I had plywood, you know, just completely plastered all over my yard and not addressing the holes underneath. And do you sometimes feel that during your self-discovery, once you address something or even embrace something that you find sometimes there are some other underlying things, we'll just say, that, that you need to address? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that I think almost every problem that I've encountered had a hole underneath it. I think that every everything that I have thought wrong about myself or I want to change or a weak part of myself has always ref, like shown to be much bigger when do, dove into. Um, it's kind of like looking at the symptom compared to the problem. Um, you know, I'm 
I'm a selfish person and I start finding a selfish factor in myself and in my why. And then it tracks back to a moment in my childhood. So I have to time travel my mind back to then and relive it. And then that brings it. And now all of a sudden I'm having a breakdown and I'm crying when really it was just what I thought was a simple fix or a simple self-reflection turns into a three-day event where I'm just sitting down, thinking, talking, writing, and doing all of this just to try to build on myself and fix this hole. Um, or what I thought was get rid of the plywood, but now it's, I got to get a, a backhoe and a, a dump truck full of fill to fill in this hole now, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think a lot of times, um, and if I were to say different, I think I'd be lying, um, to myself and to you to say that if, if I dig into myself and it's not a problem, that's very naive because a lot of problems that I've encountered with myself, I always brush off. And that's like big ego talking, you know, like I look at a, a problem and I think it's just a simple fix. But is anything really simple when it comes to fixing yourself? Like, I don't think there should be anything simple, especially if it's worth it. Um, the more work you put into it, the harder you work on it, the better the result. So if you can like take the time to fill that hole and figure out that and not only fill it, but figure out what caused it and make sure it doesn't happen again. That's like the biggest strength you can do in, do, in doing uh, self-reflection. So I really do think that um, every problem I've encountered or everything that I've tried to fix in myself has always resulted in something much greater than I thought. Yeah. And sometimes you'll start looking at that and realize that, you know, that ego, if you will, or just being going back to that same mightier than thou art attitude, or I can handle anything, it can often compound the problem where you you kind of veer away from things that are truly challenging, like, you know, to, yep. to go to your point of beings, human beings are very simple at their core. They're extremely simple. However, yeah. with all of these complexities that we have allowed into ourselves, whether, you know, it be by our own doing or others, we've let allowed that to enter us and has changed us and made us more complex. You can maybe push away from the more complex problems because of the amount of work that, that that takes to fix such a simple being, if you will, but the work that is required to go into it is not simple. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. Like, you know, I read in a book somewhere, you know, you sometimes you got to get your hands dirty and put in the work. Yeah. I wish I could yeah. remember the, uh, the page of Nick's book, but you know, sometimes you, you, yeah. you got to get your hands dirty and stuff like that. I've found within myself, especially in the past, that I was this big bad guy. I could take on anything, anyone in the world, right? Yeah. Then, dude, why can't you take on yourself, man? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the hardest thing. And, and, and I had to admit to myself that I was scared. And also that when it came to me, I was not important enough to myself. And for three, I was just lazy. I didn't feel like putting in the work anything that would not amount to instant gratification. I was going to say instant gratification is like a huge part of that. Huge. And of course, living on, uh, you can either live in fear or live in love. And, um, you know, we have such an easy time. Some, some of us, most of us has, have an easy time showing others love, but then we forget about ourselves. 
And then we wonder why we're sad or we're depressed or we're anxious and we're thinking about the future and the past constantly, but not now. It's you're living in fear and you're acting in fear when you talk to yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, Oh, I don't look good today. Like that's an act. That's a thought subconsciously. You're telling yourself that in fear. You're not saying that out of love. You're not saying, I don't look good today. I'm going to make today great and make myself look better. Like you're not, that's not where that's coming from. Um, so I think that there's a lot. That goes into um, instant gratification. I'm, I'm really happy you said that because that's like a huge factor, man. That's like when I talk to people, that's like the one thing. People are like, "I shoot, even you can even do it in working out. I want abs. I've been doing crunches for three days, man. Where are my abs? Like, I think three days is going to get you. You can reflect that back to yourself. You know, I've been I've been journaling every night for two weeks. Why am I not happy? Like. Do you think it's that easy? If it was that easy, you think everybody would do it, right? Yeah. It's it's hard work, man, and it really is. And uh going back to simple to complex beings that we are, um, I agree. I think that we are very simple. Um, but the environments that we're put in and the situations and experiences we go through um make it very complex, especially when it involves other living things, other people or other um, you know, materials. Uh if there's anything other than you you can't just think about yourself. You need to not only reflect on yourself, but reflect on how that affected the other person as well. Um, and most times that person isn't going to fix what you broke, you know? So you need to now also think about other people, um, which is where it gets very complicated because everybody has their unique feelings and unique uh, emotions that they carry with themselves. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that instant gratification is something that is like, Super toxic, man. I, I don't understand where it came from exactly, but um, I do know that everyone, almost everyone I talk to, understands the concept of that, but very few people actually understand how to rid that from their lives. You know what I mean? Like we have microwaves. Like how do you how do you understand? You don't need a microwave to start a fire. You know, like that concept doesn't really exist in a lot of people's minds, and. Uh, they, if they if that doesn't exist, then how can they apply it to themselves? You know, who and what you surround yourself with. Even if you weren't going to go there, I'm going to go there. Is you you have a company, you have a team, and that's one thing, man. We, we when I get stuff from you guys, man, or you know whatever, or, or oh, actually, it was tribe. I I, I believe uh, after a while, it became tribe and stuff. And to me, that really that. That means the world to me because you're not just using something out of a corporate playbook. Yeah. You guys really are a, a tribe, a family, a team, you know, whatever you guys want to be, you can be. And with that, you also have, like you were saying, multiple different personalities, multiple different avenues of approach and egress. You know, whatever you have different beings and they're all their own people. So how do you go about it best when working not only on yourself and outwardly projecting what you've bettered in yourself to your team, but how do you present that in a way that it's one somewhat accepting to them and for two works better in the grand scheme of working with a lot of people i am like constantly learning and constantly learning how to experience and how to communicate to the team um and how they can communicate to me and uh i think the best part is like it just comes down to it's very simple just act out of love and i know that's not, and i'm not talking like 
you understand. I'm not talking about like some hippy dippy love, like kumbaya around the fireplace. I'm talking about like sitting someone down and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? You are acting a certain way. You are bringing down the team. What is wrong with you? And then breaking that down into this is not business. This is personal because you have to pick yourself up, put on your shoes. I'll use Tom as an example. Um, Tom is a person. He's starting to do his own podcast now. Um, awesome. So out of love, I'm able to be like, Tom, what is wrong with you? Why are you not following your passion? If you die doing this, I will be sad. <laughs> you need, you have your own thing going on. And that's one thing that I learned. Um, I never received in corporate. I never received in the Marine Corps. I never received that at all. I am a number, you know? So when someone sits you down and says, what are you doing with your life? I don't, all this business can go to the side. What, who are you? Just how you did to me. Uh, Johnny says to go away. Who is Johnny Rusheye? That is the same way. Just do it out of love. A lot of a lot of people have these doubts when someone comes up to them and says, "Who do you want to be when you grow up?" Right? A lot of people are like, "Why? What is your agenda? Why are you asking me this? Do you want something out of me? Do you want a part of this?" Like, there's right. always that doubt, um, and I think that's based. That's living in fear. That's living that the person is trying to leech something from you. Um, and granted, they may. Who knows? But if you act out of love, other beings will pick that up. Um, I mean, I remember when you guys came to um, the retail area we had there. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that room was filled with love because there was no fear involved. There was nothing. There was nothing other than love. And you can either do one or the other. Um, and the best way that I've communicated to the team here and got the best out of them is to tell them that they need to be the best version of themselves. And the only way they can do that is to act out of love and to communicate properly. Um, with everybody's personalities, everybody's feelings, everybody's workload, everybody's personal life, everybody's stressors, everybody communicates differently. And I do truly believe that every single problem in the world can be solved with proper communication, that there are no accidents, that everything could be prevented with proper communication. Um, the problem lies in the lack of understanding on how to communicate to one another. Um, and whether it's a lack of understanding on how to do it or just lack of doing it, uh, it differs per situation. Um, but the best way that I have found is to act out of love and communicate the best way I adjust myself to other people. Um, I found a, a strength of my own is I'm not, I'm very fluid. I can move with conversations. I can, I can flow with people. I can talk to people. I can pick up on their, uh, their energy on their vibe and then fit into that and make people feel comfortable. Um, and it makes me feel comfortable because it's just a groove that I fit into. Um, I used to fill it with fear in the Marine Corps. I was very selfish and I was very acting out of fear. So I would always be like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. I'm doing this. You do, I do this. And people act. Um, what was that movie? The Bronx Tale. You ever see Bronx Tale? Us. Yeah. When he says, uh, people can either respect you or fear you, right? That's real. Just replace respect with love, right? Um, you can choose to either output love or output fear and receive either love or fear from people, right? Um, if you choose to walk in the path of love, then things kind of toward like work out the way they're supposed to. When you act out of fear, you never know what's going to happen. It's just up in the air and you kind of just have to, you know, look over your shoulder constantly. Um, I choose to live in fear or I'm sorry, I choose to not live in fear with my team. I choose to live in love and open that communication. Uh, you know, the, 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 the saying uh, open door policy. I tell yes. my guys, I have a no door policy. <laughs> yeah. 
there's no need to knock. There's no need for anything. Just talk to me. There's no, there's no wrong communication. Any communication is better than no communication. And, um, I, I make sure that the team knows that and make sure that they feel open and comfortable enough to come to me. Uh, because I'm a non-judgmental person. I understand that everyone has their own thing going on. And, uh, my purpose is to make sure that they can find their purpose, their passion and give them what they can. I might not have every answer, but I'm willing to find out with them. And, and I think that they do know that. And that's what built the tribe. That's really huge because I, I'm a firm believer that I may have a different approach when talking to you, how I communicate to you. However, I'm a firm believer that lack of communication is the number one cause of negative communication, if you will, or negative outcomes because you're not talking. And this could be spouse and spouse. That could, that could be friend and friend. It could be parent and child. It could be family member to family member. It could be you to a guy driving down the road that cut you off. There's communication going on there. You know, there's, Constantly, constantly communication with each other. Yeah. And with, with the lack of communication and willingness to communicate properly and communication, man, we, we could spend hours. I, I'm not a comms guy, but we could still talk communication for hours. But in life, not only communicating to others, but communicating to yourself. Yep. And so, you know, you, you may be a little abrasive or you might be a little too lovey-dovey or you might be too Southern or I can't even do a Yankee accent, but you, you know what I'm saying? You, you could be from here or there, but I, I'd say, you know, and, and having spent time in different parts of the world, people say, man, how can you actually like communicate with those people? Because I don't have to speak their specific dialect. I don't yeah. even have to speak their language. We just communicate. There's verbal, there, there's body language. There, there's all kinds of ways of communication. But I really believe that if two or more parties involved are all willing to communicate, that's awesome. And, and it, it doesn't always, communication itself doesn't always solve the problem, but it's a heck of a good start. Yeah. And then also on top of that, um, like you said, it doesn't, so- it might not always solve the problem, but it will always identify the problem. Always. The, the, and it comes into, you know, the balance between, or not the balance, but the difference between ignorance and arrogance, right? So a lot of people just choose to not communicate. Um, you can take it as simple as people just don't use their blinkers around here, man. Like that's, that's a form of communications, <laughs> right? That you're just refusing to use. Um, now granted, that's like a, I'm not going to nitpick on people's driving habits, but, um, that's a good example. I mean, um, and then you can even go further and you're walking down the grocery store aisle and, you know, someone passes you and you say good morning to them. Like you are choosing to communicate to somebody because you are putting that energy to them, that loving energy to them. You're, you're roaring it. You're putting it everywhere. Um, now if they choose to say it back or not, that's on them, right? That's on them. But choosing to communicate is so very important. Like you said, you do your dog. You know, if you just don't communicate to anyone around you, how do you expect people around you or things around you to work with you? You are, you are an external thing placed in a situation. The only way for you to survive and become an equilibrium type of situation, right? The only way you can do that is proper communication. If you don't, then there's no equilibrium. There's no balance. There's no nothing. You're just an entity that is toxic now in the environment and everything around you wants you out. 
So I do, I do, like you said, we could talk for hours about communication. <laughs> and you know, they, you had brought up something about, about the store shop and the first time that I ever went in there. And this is just a personal thing. If you guys ever get a chance to go there, man, the products are great. I love them. However, the aura in that place, dude, like, you know, you got the busy shopping center and you, you got the, you know, the shipping place and, you know, all that good stuff next door. But just walking in, dude, I kid you not. It was like that first time the entire world disappeared, man. Hey, man, how you doing? It's not good afternoon, sir. How are you? It's like, yeah. hey, bro, what, what's up? How are you? You, you want to yeah. what do you think of this? What, you know, blah, blah, very interactive. And yes, that that is good on the I, I think the communication, the cohesion within your team, but also your team communicating with anybody that walks through that door and everybody that walks through that door is going to be different. And at times drastically different. Yeah. But I tell you what, when I walked through that door the first time, man, I was just like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then it seriously, it felt like the whole world disappeared. And then like this woman, this like little shorter woman. She's like, hi, I'm Rebecca. How are you? And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're Rebecca. Yeah. Hey, she's like, Chuck, right? And I was like, yes, Rebecca, what's up? And, you know, it, it, it was awesome from, from there. But I, I do think that communication is, is, is a good start to at least establishing what may be known as being wrong and working from there, establishing the problem, working together toward a solution. Yeah. And, and I think that's absolutely rad. I tell you what, how about we hold what we got right here? and take a moment of gratitude. This moment of gratitude is brought to you by WeDefyTheNorm.com. We Defy the Norm is much more than an apparel company. It's a way of life where you're encouraged to defy conformity and invest in yourself. To find out more, visit WeDefyTheNorm.com. back to the new you show now with your company and i don't want to go too much into the company but a lot of people know quote unquote air quotes people you know of you as johnny slicks yeah what personal growth have you applied and put into it you know i i know you're a big believer in the what goes into your products and everything mm -hmm. and i am lucky enough whether it's past uh, guests or you know future guests to have seen their products and you know yes guys i support people that make body washes and shampoos i also support other very good friends of mine that do bar soap and talk trash about you know body wash and, I, and it's hilarious to me because guys if, if 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 you knew the teams the families the tribes behind these companies you would know exactly why i'm such a huge supporter of them not only are, are their products awesome but the people behind them no offense to your products, but I think the people behind it are even radder, man. Well, the people, uh, people are really happen without the absolutely. people. Absolutely, no products. Yeah, right. Yeah, you I know, agree. 
Yeah, I and, and I was that as the business owner, but <laughs> but that's being real. That's 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 the truth, real. man. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm about transparency. Yeah, and and that that to me is 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 extremely crucial to when addressing anything with life is being real. And I know that's another socially acceptable or influenced term, but keeping things real is look, man. I I don't have a reason to lie to you because I don't have a reason to be ashamed of myself or what I'm doing. And if it gets to that point, then I'll admit it to myself first. And then if it's any of your business, I'll admit it to you, you know, but I I think that goes back into the communication piece, but it definitely hits the keeping it real and being honest with yourself. My grandma taught me that when I was young, she taught me, um, there's no, there's only black and white. There's only truth and no truth, real and fake. There's no gray areas. You're either telling the truth or you're hiding the truth. Uh, and, you know, you say someone, you know, a little kid takes a cookie out of the cookie jar, takes two. And his mom said, did you take a cookie out of the cookie jar? And he says, no. Some people would say he's not lying. He took two. That's lying. He's withholding the truth and that's lying. He did. He did take a cookie. He took it two times. So my grandma always taught me that it's real or fake, black and white. There is no middle ground for that at all. And if you're living in that middle ground, then you must be living in hell because it's torment to be living someplace that doesn't exist. Um, and like you were saying, being real, that you have no reason to not do that. And that's what she would say all the time too, is when you tell a lie, now you got to remember something. And like you, like you and me, we're not good at remembering stuff. So we got, exactly. we got notebooks constantly everywhere, right? Can you imagine? Hey, Chuck, um, today I turned 34 years old. I told Chuck I turned 34, even though I'm 27. Okay, now I got to remember that. So now every time you ask me, I got to refer to my book, The Lie I Told You, and, and try to fix, make sure that... Maybe I'm holding the Chuck file of everything that you've... Yeah, every, exactly. I, we cover so many different topics on all these shows and everything, but what it takes is putting everything together, obviously putting the work into to yourself. Yeah. And when, when you're doing that, be okay with failing. Bro, but, I was, a, I was a, dude, I'm still failing to this day. Hold on. I have my notebook somewhere. No, I don't. It's over there. It's over there. My, I'm working on um, the first ever fully organic water-based pomade, right? So it's always been done with, fully chemicaled and emulsified and fillers and all that, right? Bro, I, I'm on formula like 135. Like, I'm getting tired, man. But each one of those, um, Pete from Origin said it, uh, is tuition payment, right? So I'm in school. Life is school. Right. And a failure is just a class. And did I survive? Did I learn? Is Did you pass the class or not? Now I have to go apply it to something else. So... Um, I failed. I failed constantly, constantly. But without those failures, do you even know what success is? Like, if you never feel sad, do you know what happiness feels like? Do you know what that that pendulum swinging feels like? If you never feel, you know, sadness, do you know what happiness feels like? So if you if you never fail, do you know what success is? And um, I think about that daily, man. I I really do because people push away failure so fast. Like, oh, I don't want to fail. I don't want to start working out because I don't want I don't want to fail at doing ten push-ups. Uh, a lot of times that goes right back to what we were talking about with the instant gratification too. Is that they even subconsciously they know they are not going to get those abs in three days. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they give themselves, and see, that's the other thing is un, un, unrealistic expectations as that's well. Standard. Just because you set your bar so high, if you will, or to an unrealistic level to, I guess, appease others and or your yourself, you go ahead and shut yourself down. Yeah, absolutely. Before you even start, and you, you know what, you'll never fail if you don't start and you'll never succeed if you don't start and well you'll never exist if you don't start you'll never live yeah you'll be you'll be doing something else and being miserable and and it's really weird to me when i go out my front door and i, I look around i'm like why are all these people choosing choosing willingly choosing to live miserably and i think it comes down to comparing I think that something that's very toxic that we do to ourselves is we open up our phones and we go on Instagram and we go on this and we go on that and um, we compare ourselves to other people. And that is where we pick our standards from. Um, a lot of people don't look inward to find an expectation and a standard. They look online and they're like, oh, this bodybuilder has a 19 pack. I don't know where the other one came from, but you know, it's not an even number, but he has a lot of abs. I want to look like that. But you just compared yourself. And you just set a standard and expectation based on a photo of somebody else. So like, wow. yes, it's always good to want to strive to be better, but your subconscious doesn't know right or wrong. It only knows what you're telling it. So if you look at this image and you set this unrealistic expectation standard for yourself based on someone else's achievements, you look in the mirror and you say, I'm fat, I'm lazy, I'm boring, I'm nobody loves me. Your subconscious doesn't know that that's not real. It's not going to be like, hey, don't say those things. You're great. It's going to be like, okay, I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm lazy. Uh, nobody likes me. And if you keep doing that, all of a sudden, you're going to start acting that way. And now you just manifested that whole belief. And you're never going to live up to that unrealistic expectation that you made off of comparing yourself. So, it, I mean, we keep going back to self-reflection and, and all that. But um, it really is a toxic thing. And you do that long enough. And all of a sudden you wake up and every day is a rainy day and everything is gray and black and white and, and no, there's no love anywhere. You can't figure it out anymore. And that's where you really start to um, go down the rabbit hole and the drain and stuff. But it all starts with that standard, that expectation of who you want to be and trying to find your why. Because if you're trying to figure out who you are as a person, get off Instagram. The answer isn't there. <laughs> it's not anywhere on, on social media. It's no, it's on your phone. You sit down in a room and you start talking to yourself. A mutual friend of ours put something out on Instagram and he's like, Hey, you want to know who you are? Look here. And it was like a black screen and I'm, I'm staring into the phone and I'm like, all I see is me. Yeah. And the next slide was like, and you won't find it here on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, that's perfect, oh, man. Dude. Dude, you like uh, stop with your Jedi mind tricks and stuff, man. Because you just, well, as you were, you didn't prove a point to me. You got me to prove the point to myself. And man, when 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 people do that, I'm like, oh, you're smart. You a smart one. You are. You are. You tricked me. Right. You know, and, and that's that's so cool. But you know, we we often find these excuses, you know, and I even felt my, I found myself 
doing that, you know, as creating the, the show and everything is, look, you know, I, I need to kind of get it out here. I need to brand it. I need to pre, um, reach out to people and stuff like that. And I had never had a business account um, for social media prior to do, doing the show. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got to do that. Man, I got sucked down the rabbit hole, man. Me, me and Alice were just chilling down there, like trying to figure out what the heck was going on. But I I got so much into that and I realized the reason was because I was making excuses to be on there. Yeah. It, it, at a certain point, there was business and there were excuses for pleasure. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a yeah. firm believer that you have reasons with, which are truth and you have excuses which are lies. You're late for PT, right? You, you, you're, late, you're late for um, PT, 6 a.m. You're late. An excuse is... I woke up late, right? But granted, that's like, you could have prevented that. Now, there was an accident and it was dead stop traffic. That's a reason. There's a difference. And I used to say it all the time in the Marine Corps. I'm like, I'm not giving you an excuse because like all leadership is like, I don't want to hear your excuses. Like that's not an excuse. I'm giving you a reason. This is a reason why I'm late, not an excuse. I'm not just making, pulling something out of thin air to give you a response of what you want to hear. Um, this is a reason. And the reason you don't like it is because it's a reason. So I completely agree, man. There are certain limitations to what different people can do. And let's just say someone lost their legs, um, yeah. you know, somehow or whatever. What's the, what's your excuse? Why can't you reach down and touch your toes? There is no excuse. There's a reason because I don't have toes. But, but an excuse is I do have toes, but, um, well, you know, the, the curvature of the earth is preventing. No, I'm too it's busy. not. It's, it, 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 I'm too busy. Right. Exactly. No, the, that, that's an excuse. That is not the reason for it. So if there is truly something that's holding you back and it is out of your control. And that, that's another big thing is realizing what you are con in control of yeah. and what you are not and being real realistic with yourself throughout your growth is once again going back to those realistic expectations you can't change anybody else but yourself you can influence them you can manipulate them into doing what you want them to do but you will still never be changing that person at their core they have to do that they have to allow it well you can only your mind i mean i I believe that our minds are us and our bodies are extensions of our mind to get us what we need. My mind wants to know what's in that fridge. So it tells my legs to walk over there, my hands to open it and my eyes to view it. Right. So my mind is what wants it. Um, you can only be in charge of one mind. If I'm all of a sudden starting to manipulate you and telling you to do things, now I'm no longer in control of me. Now I'm controlling, I'm trying to control you. I can't control, you can't control two things at once. That's not, you can't multitask a mind. That's not how that works. You can only be one place one time. So if I'm now controlling you, I mean, you can even say that now, at this point, you're controlling me, <laughs> you know? So like to only be able to control yourself is something that is like the strongest personal growth like tip ever to understand that everything past my fingertips is out of my control. I cannot control it. I can manipulate it. Like you said, I can manipulate space and move things and material, but I am by no means in control of those things or those people. And that is like drastic because once you realize that, everything comes back to you. Everything. There's a problem. Uh, what can I do? What my control? How can I fix me? Not 
oh, you're, you're the fault. And we do it so fast in the society. We're so fast to blame other people. So very fast. It's almost instinctual for most people to just look outward for the problem and the solution. And I think that, um, self-reflection and personal growth comes into knowing what you can control and what you, what you should be able to control. Yeah. You know, with, with this show, when I first started it out, you know, it, it was, I was thinking everything through and second guessing and I was failing here and failing there. And I took those failures and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get more control, more control, more control, more control. Doing that, you lose control. <laughs> Absolutely. And the best thing that I did for this show was to let go. Yeah. Find people that you believe would share their story, actually speak their truth, not the truth of others. Yeah. And would be able to impart some lessons learned in, in their journey with the other people. Other than that, let them flow, bro. Just let them do their thing. And man, you know what? Not only has the show become more organic because it's real. Yeah. The communication piece it's gone through the roof. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. And, and just the personal interaction, you know, obviously people are just hearing us talk. They can't see the body language that's going on. But even that with you and, and with other people, when you allow them yeah. to just be them, who they and that's what this whole show is about, is like getting back to the real you, to, to who you are, who you want to be today to better yourself. If you restrict those people, if you put them in a box, and you may have heard that term, you know, before, yeah. you put somebody in a box, you're never going to find the real them because they're not going to be able to stretch. They're, they're not going to be able to get outside of their box, their title, their job, their social media um, persona, all that stuff. Yeah. But once you get to dive down into somebody and just let them stretch and speak, man, then... You know, I, I think we start learning from each other a lot more. Yeah, I think I think that putting people in boxes is like almost the same as torment, man. Like, I how do you how do you put someone in a box and then get surprised when they do something outside of that box? Like, you put them in that box, man. I see Correct. it. A lot. I see it a lot, and I think it's because well, one in this in Eastern we you know. We like to label things. We like to put labels on things. And in other cultures, they don't believe in that. And it's very healthy to not put labels on things, to not say, this is a water cup. So you tell me I can't put juice in it because it's a water cup. So um, we do the same thing with people. That's a, that's a police officer. Yeah, but is that all he is? Can he not be anything more than that? What if he retires? He could put 40 years in, man. He's still got 20 years left. Would you be interested in coming back and uh, possibly doing yeah. another? Yeah, absolutely. That would yeah, absolutely. Because... Like I don't, dude. Like we can do a whole, we can do six more episodes on communication. <laughs> and one thing that I can communicate, but you, you guys just communicate so well, is about toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. And what it is. Have you read this book? As a man thinketh. No. By James Allen. Why? James Allen. Check this out, man. This is so... It's pretty much like a man is what he... Dude, this book was written in 1902. And if you did not know that, you would say this book was written today. I'm not kidding you at all. Really? I'm not kidding you at all. I'll send this to you afterwards. Um, bro, everything in this book talks about how um, what a man should be. 
and how it's been drastically manipulated over the years. Now, the book doesn't say it's been manipulated, but you read this and you're like, this was written over a hundred years ago, yet somehow still stands true. And if you practice and you do what's in this book, and it's like, it's 90 pages. And as you can see, it's pretty big. I think it took me 50 minutes to read this book on the treadmill one day. Yeah, it's totally my, my, my type of book yeah. right there. Absolutely. Dude, this book was amazing. It, it helps so much. And it, it really does talk about what a man, what a man should be. And a lot of that comes into knowing your why and knowing your purpose. Um, that's the building structure of what build, what makes a man. Because a man who doesn't know who he is, how can he lead? How can he prosper? How can he provide? Um, and it all comes with self-reflection and personal growth. This is really what it starts with. So, yeah, I would love to be on another episode so we can talk more about that, man. That would be so much fun. Heck yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, brother. I, I really appreciate you coming out, uh, taking some time to share a little bit about your story. Um, let us know more about who you are as as a person and man you dropped some stuff on me man that i've been over here writing down you know because i know something stimulated my mind but i don't remember what it was so yeah I'm, I'm gonna definitely go check it out but yeah, man, thank you so much last thank words you, um, any last words for the for the listeners man the one thing one one thing that i live by is always ask questions if there's anyone who's telling you to not ask questions separate yourself from that person Always be asking questions and always stay curious. It's the most crucial part of our learning experiences and personal growth is to be asking questions. Yep. Well, Johnny, I appreciate you, Thank you guys. Man. I appreciate you you uh, tuning in, listening. Don't forget, you guys hear me talk about it, but I, I really mean it. You are so much more powerful than you realize, and you are also worth so much more than you give yourself credit for, and that's because... Nothing exists without you, Johnny brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. I really, I really do appreciate you. All right. Cheers, guys. Until next time.